Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Okay, let's take a break from the horrible news today. It is the holiday season after all, and I like to talk about Christmas this time of the year. As anybody who watches TV around this time of the year knows, it's very common to repeat these annual holiday classics. One of them is The Wizard of Oz. It comes from MGM Studios. It's one of the classic MGM musicals. It was filmed in 1939. The movie that made Judy Garland famous, the movie that made the song Over the Rainbow famous. Interestingly enough, there is not one rainbow ever shown in the movie. But it also starred Burt Lahr, Frank Morgan, Jack Haley, and Ray Bolger, an extremely talented cast. Now here's a question. Why do they show it so much this time of the year? They used to show it annually, first at Christmas time, then at Easter time. But over the years, The Wizard of Oz became associated with Christmas. I'm not exactly sure why. It certainly is not a Christmas story. The word Christmas is not mentioned anywhere. It is a fantasy. It is about family, and you certainly can see marching soldiers. There's even a scene where Dorothy and her friends are asleep in the poppy fields, and the good witch of the north sends snow to wake them up. So yeah, there's snow, but I don't really consider this a Christmas movie. I don't. And for that reason, if you've followed my reviews, you will not find this film on my list of top 10 Chris classic movies and videos. I do, however, love the movie in its own right, and it is on a different top 10 list of mine, my top 10 list of movies for all time, a much higher honor. In fact, it's second on the list, second only to The Sound of Music. Yes, I'm a sucker for musicals, and I know a lot of guys don't like musicals, and I do. Live with it. But again, this movie was on my mind today because it is on TV practically every day. It's being shown on TNT as one of their classic holiday movies. In fact, they're showing it as part of what they call their winter break. Now, I'm going to get back to that in a moment because something really frustrating happens with this station and the way they show The Wizard of Oz. But let me get back to the movie itself first. One of the very interesting features of The Wizard of Oz is that the first 20 minutes of so are in black and white, more accurately put sepia tone, but we'll just call it black and white. And then after the cyclone lifts up Dorothy's house and she steps out and steps into Munchkinland, the land of Oz, it turns to color. I first saw this movie when I was six years old. We did not own a color TV. I had never seen color TV. My uncle Frank, who always had the latest gadget when we were visiting them in St. Paul, Minnesota, he did have a color TV. And I experienced color TV for the first time when Dorothy walked out that door into the land of Oz. It was beautiful. It was breathtaking. Now, I fell in love with the story and for years growing up, continued watching it on black and white. It was many, many, many years later as an adult that I finally saw the color portions again. But that's the hallmark originality of this movie, starting in black and white, turning to color when she steps out the door of her house in the Munchkin land. It's a very effective process. So what does TNT do with it as they're repeating it every year as part of their winter break? Well, first, they show the scenes in black and white, and right after the house lands, right before Dorothy's about to step out, they go to a commercial break. Then they return. You still see a little bit of black and white. She walks into Munchkin Land, but the moment it turns color, they put this big hunk of writing on the screen reminding us that we're watching TNT's winter break. What? 
kinds of morons, what kinds of complete, total idiots at the station make those kinds of decisions? It's like painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. This is art, brilliant art. Leave it alone, you dopes. Anyway, now that I was able to vent a little bit, thank you for allowing me to do that. Let me talk about the film itself, and let me start with the book that it comes from. It's based on a brilliant novel by L. Frank Baum. Little bit of trivia. He did a lot of his writing at the Hotel Dell. Back when they used to have a museum there, you could see pictures of him even reading to children, and he designed the chandeliers of the Crown Room. I've gone, being a writer myself, and written my own fiction at the Hotel Dell just for the thrill of knowing I was writing in the same place as L. Frank Baum. I know that doesn't make a hill of beans a difference to the quality of what I'm writing, but as a writer, I found that quite a fun experience, quite special. His book, while written for children, was actually a satire on American politics. You see that more in the book, but a couple of lines from the book did survive for the film. You're familiar with a few of them. Dorothy asks the scarecrow, how can you talk if you don't have a brain? He says, I don't know, but some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. One of the most brilliant lines ever put in a movie. And then when they discover that the wizard isn't really a wizard, that he's just some con artist that accidentally found his way to Oz when a wind blew his helium balloon over, Dorothy says, oh, you're a very bad man. He says, no, my dear, I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. And I love that commentary because we expect politicians to be wizards and they're just men. They're fallible, but we don't always feel that way because they're usually very good at giving speeches and sometimes they're voted on because of their looks, their charisma. Now, while some of it is the same, there are striking differences between the book and the movie. In the movie, we find out at the end that Dorothy was actually dreaming. It's actually hinted on anyway when she gets hit on the head and they do this blurry effect. I don't like it when I watch something and find out that people were actually dreaming. I usually feel very cheated. It worked somehow in this movie, maybe because I first saw it as a kid, but it's so emotionally impactful that you feel like she really went through it. Well, in the book, she really did go through it. She wasn't dreaming. Her house really was picked up in a cyclone. It was taken to the land of Oz. Some of it's similar. She goes down the yellow brick road. She meets her friends, the scarecrow, the tin woodman, the cowardly lion. Oz is really a phony. Oz escapes in a helium balloon that he was going to take Dorothy along in. But they have a lot of adventures after that. And they're actually two good witches. She meets the witch of the north in Munchkinland, but it's the witch of the south that finally tells her she could get home by clicking her heels together. That was combined as one character in the movie. And there's silver slippers in the book. They're not ruby slippers. They go to all kinds of other places. They take the cap that can summon the winged monkeys to give them three wishes. The winged monkeys that were working for the Wicked Witch of the West before she was melted. They go into this China land, not China the country, but the material China, like China dishes. And actually, there's another movie, the only sequel to The Wizard of Oz, the only other film version I ever loved called Oz the Great and Powerful, where they show some of the characters from this China land. I really appreciated that movie too. We'll talk about that some other time. But it's very, very different in the book much longer. And actually the movie was going to be much longer. They made some cuts, some within production, some scenes never made it into the movie, but a lot of the cuts they made after previewing the film, feeling it was too long. Let me talk about some of the cuts that were done. Some of them I think were good cuts. Others were really bad cuts. 
First, on their way to capture the Wicked Witch after the Wizard of Oz tells them that's the only condition for which he will grant their wishes, the witch sends this bug called the Jitterbug, and it turns into this jazzy dance called the Jitterbug. The producers cut this scene because they felt that a jazz dance in the middle of a fantasy movie didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think that was a really good cut. But in preview, they cut something else. Have you noticed that this is supposed to be a musical, but the last song you hear is the lion singing If Only I Were King of the Forest. You could make a case that when you hear the soldiers singing going into the castle that there's a little more music there. But actually, there was going to be a spectacular number right after she killed the Wicked Witch. If you watch it the way it is now, the soldiers who were working for the witch are actually glad she's dead and they go, Hail Dorothy! The Wicked Witch is dead! And then they suddenly cut back and they're back with Oz again. You can already tell that something's missing. Well, what's missing was a reprise of the song Ding Dong the witch is dead and another song joining it is kind of a medley the song about the merry old land of oz now that was shown in the preview it was cut for time that scene needed to be in the movie because it is a musical it added balance it added symmetry but it was cut and it's been lost they couldn't restore it if they wanted to not the original footage now some of the footage survived because this film was reissued many times and in one of the reissuing trailers that was shown in the theater you see a few seconds of this scene. There are also a lot of stills from it. The soundtrack survived. If you buy the soundtrack to The Wizard of Oz, you'll hear this number. With all they do with CGI today, I think they could take the photographs that they have, the little bit of film that they have, the soundtrack that they have, and I think they could almost 100% replicate what that was. It would be wonderful for them to do it. Now, there's another scene that was cut. This one was found. In this case, the footage is still good. They could have put it back in very easily. This is when Dorothy first meets the scarecrow and he's singing If I Only Had a Brain. Well, that song is in the movie, but in the middle of the song, he broke into this incredible dance and Ray Bulger, the actor, is a fantastic dancer. They found this scene and there was a movie made called That's Dancing, one of the sequels to That's Entertainment, and they show there. Also, if you buy any DVD or Blu-ray of The Wizard of Oz, the deluxe set, they'll show it as a deleted scene. I found out doing some research that the studio seriously considered putting that back in the movie, but they decided not to. Their reason, they did not want to tamper with a classic. Well, normally I would call that a very good reason. God knows many classics have been tampered with, but here's my point. When that wonderful scene originally designed for the film was cut for the sake of time, they had already tampered with a potential classic. They should put that back in. They could always reissue both versions like Lucas does. He has the original Star Wars and then he has the ones where he went back and changed the special effects. They could always do that, but that's a scene they could easily put back in the movie. They should. However, it did find a home in the film that's dancing. Let me get back to the books as I conclude. The Wizard of Oz was the first of several books Frank Baum wrote. He was only going to write one, but they were so popular, the public had an outcry for them. And finally, he started writing one Oz book a year. The second was called The Land of Oz. The first and the second are the only two I have read. They're both wonderful, but there's some 15 or 16 Oz books that he wrote. And then after he died, the publishers hired other writers. And I think there's over 30 Oz books that came out in that line. Anyway, because of the time of the 
year, and because most people do consider it a Christmas movie, even though I don't, I thought I'd take advantage of this time of the year to comment on the fact that Christmas movie or not, it is indeed a classic. I won't tell you to go out and see it, because I know you've already seen it. Who hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz? I love this movie. And what statement could be closer to making the obvious obvious?